To me, Good Friday is God's Valentine's Day to his church. And in some regards, it's one day. But it, the, the ramifications of what Jesus did on the cross permeate into every single moment of our life. You know, I need to get a little bit closer. One of the major things I want to strike on today is that this is our happy place. Here on the cross or by the cross at the feet of all that Jesus did, this is our happy place as a Christian. This is where we make decisions. This is where we can figure out what life is actually saying and doing. This is how we can see ourselves correctly, our families correctly, the circumstances correctly. It all starts at the foot of the cross. This is that thing that allows us to see and translate life the way it's supposed to be. And the danger and the damage is If we don't live at the foot of the cross, if this isn't affecting every thought, every feeling, every translation, is we're open to everything else. And here in Manitoba, here in Canada, here in North America, really here, there's a global, there's two global pandemics. There's a, there's a physical pandemic and there's a fear-based pandemic. And they're both spreading like wildfire. And we're completely 100% slaves to those things. If the reality of who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what he's doing every second of our life, we, we can be slaves to all the other inputs that are coming. And they're not agreeing with the reality of Jesus. So I'm going to start by reading in Romans You can kind of just open Romans and put your finger on a verse and it generally will work for almost anything. But I want to read Romans 8, 31 and 32. What shall we say to these things? It's important that... He says, to these things. There, Jesus needs to speak to the reality of everything around us. It's not simply that he interprets it. He needs to tell us the truth about them. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? You see, this should have been us. The the cross was our place to die. With sin, with rebellion with a broken relationship with God, with a desire to be absent from God. We didn't even want God to be our Father. We didn't want to follow His ways. That was true from Genesis on, and it's true in our life without God. We don't want a Lord, somebody to tell us how we should live, how we should think, how we should figure out the world, 
We don't want that. We want to do that for ourselves. But it was the sinfulness, our brokenness, our, our, our inability to connect with God. The chasm between us and God was forever in its distance. And Jesus left it in one bound. But the cross was originally our place to die. It was the punishment that we needed to make for all of the ways we had lived that had gone against God's desire for us. We were 100% broken without God in our lives. And we're still 100% broken without God in our lives. We're still 100% unable to figure out what in the world is going on around us, how we're feeling, what we should do in these hard situations, how we should care for our kids and our friends and our communities. What does faithfulness look like? We have no answers for these things. And all we have is to either figure out on our own or ask the world to tell us what to do. And that's a bleak place to live. But the reality is that's not, if you're a believer of Jesus today, that is not where you live. You're not a slave to the media, to the world. You're not a slave to those things because your reality is at the foot of the cross with Jesus. Holding on to it for every breath. And God took our place by sending Jesus. See, God didn't just go into the couch cushions and figure out what change he could find in heaven and pay it that way. God didn't go into the storehouses of heaven and figure out, okay, well, I'm a little heavy on these items and so I can, I can really pay for humanity's sin that way. God gave the very best thing, the very thing he couldn't do without, the very thing that that would that he would miss who of us would give our children to help somebody else that's that that that's a madness it's 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 an insane thought thinking about about the virus that's going on around us that if somebody said if you could just send your son into my ICU room to uh to do a little dance uh, I would feel a lot better. I, I don't think I'd be willing to do that. And God in his, in his graciousness, in his mercy, in his love for humanity said, I'm going to take that part of my heart that, that beats the most, that hurts the most, that is the most closest to me. And I'm going to give that to the world for him to be massacred. For a world that doesn't even want him, that isn't even going to receive him. It's an amazing thing. Jesus gave up so much of his own as well. He had to leave heaven. He had to leave his heavenly father, that perfect unity. He had to come to an earth that people would not receive him. They've given so, so much, so much sacrifice on our behalf. The depth of our sinfulness, our rebellion towards God, our brokenness, our inability to fix our own situations was matched and exceeded a thousand times by the depth of the love and the grace and the acceptance of God the Father through Jesus 
the Son. It's incredible. This is the reality of Good Friday. Is Jesus willingly died on our behalf. He willingly gave himself up. It says in John 10, 18. I'm just going to find it here for us. It says in John 10, 17 and 18. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This was truly the gift of Good Friday. This wasn't a deal. This wasn't a trade. This wasn't a bargaining. This is Jesus saying, you as my beloved humanity, my bride that is to come, you have nothing to offer me and I have everything to offer you. It's a brilliant gift. A gift that we were completely undeserving from. But it's a gift that needs to affect our every moment. Now, it it wasn't just when we said yes to God. It wasn't just when we had that hard night of the soul where we didn't know where up or down was. We didn't know what was coming the next day. It's every moment of every day. We need to live at the foot of the cross. The reality of what Jesus has done. Because Romans says again... God was willing to give everything on your behalf. Against that, what's everything else matter? So we can weigh every reality that we go through now through the cross. If God was willing to give Jesus to die on our behalf, what is he not willing to do for us now? These realities should pale every strife, every hurt, every fear, every wondering, every anxiety. These these should dwarf them. The cross should dwarf every anxiety that we feel in these days. Because God has already given the grandest gesture that anyone can by giving himself in Jesus. I cannot give you anything else. I haven't spared anything on your behalf. The most valuable thing that one person could ever give, I've done for you. Now take that reality and judge every single thing in your life against that. And then tell me if these are life wreckers or not. Good Friday is the only thing we need to have beautiful, brave, bold faith in the face of total uncertainty, total chaos, total unknowns. These things are difficult to live in. But God and Jesus said, I've given I've given the thing that nobody else could ever expect to have, expect to get, expect to receive. And it cost me everything. And I did it because I love you. Because I have big plans for you. Because you're going to be my future bride. It's, a, it's, a, it's just amazing. The problem is that we don't live here in life. Any time that you've ever 
tried to swim against the current, you realize if you're not 100% committed, you're going to drift further and further away from where you're trying to get. If you take your eyes off of the land, if you take your eyes off of where you're trying to go, if you're not 100% working towards getting to where you need to, you're going to drift further and further and further away. And that's the battle with our faith in the world 10 years ago, one year ago, today, six months down the road, is everything in the world is wanting us to lose sight of the shore and lose sight of the battle. And we're, and we're drifting further and further away. If we're not clinging to the cross, if we're not looking at it daily, if we're not starting and ending our day here, if we're not allowing these things to shape our worldview, our personal view, our, our theology, our view on relationships, we're drifting further and further away because the world is very committed to having you just drift a little bit every day. You notice this when you do your devotions and then you miss a couple of days. Where did I go? How has my brain shifted so much? How, why did I react that way to my son or my children or my wife or that person in traffic? And you think back, wow, it only took two days of not being in the Word. Or being in a time of worship or or crying out to God in prayer. It only takes a couple of days and it's so subtle. But the shore starts to get further and further away because you lost sight of where you're at. And that's why the importance of living in the reality of all that Jesus did in Good Friday is so paramount. Because the current is strong. Some really great things about living at the cross and the reality of what Jesus did. We're, we're people that love yabots. Yeah, we're a rebuttal people. We'll yabot yeah, anything. We'll yabot yeah, anyone. We live, I yabot yeah, myself almost all day. I'm surprised I get anything done. Because we're constantly throwing something back at the truth. Right, we want to say, I don't know where God is because my finances are in ruin right now. So God loves me, he died for me, but why are my finances all messed up? And Jesus wants to say, but I died on the cross. I broke myself for you. My relationships are all messed up, God. I don't know where you could be in this. You say you're full of grace for me, but I can't get along with anyone. And Jesus is saying, okay, but let's remember all that I did for you. Let's remember that the very thing that you could never expect to get, you could never amount to, the very thing that God could give that was the most perfect, beautiful, totally encapsulating gift, the thing that people needed the most, he freely gave to me. I did it willingly. I died for you willingly. We can figure out this relationship. We can figure that out. I wrote a note to myself. We, for, we forget so easy. I see if I could find that note. It's, I wrote it at 3 in the morning, so you can imagine how it looks. Um, 
I couldn't read it when I was preparing for today. I wish you guys could see it, but I wrote a note at 3 in the morning when I was up again, and thankfully my wife was up longer than I was at 3 in the morning, uh, so that was great. But um, <laughs> What did I write here? I said, I said, we dwell on our circumstances. 3 in the morning, I found myself dwelling on my circumstances. Dwelling. Total lost sight of shore. Completely. There's no shore. I don't even know if I'm in the water right now. Why? 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 And we forget the cross hasn't spoken yet. I hadn't even consulted the cross. I hadn't even consulted all that God gave me through Jesus. I hadn't even thought about it. Greg and Michelle sang the cross as the final word. And... I was thinking, we often give God the final word in our circumstances. But we give him the final word because we ask him last. And that's, that's not what that song means. That's not what Romans 8 means. That's not what Jesus speaking to me at 3 in the morning means. He's saying, he's saying you've completely become a slave to your circumstances and you haven't asked me anything yet. The fight hasn't even started. Is the death of Jesus more significant than what? Mine was potential loss of sleep. Think about it for your own selves. If we're, not, if we're not living in the reality of what Jesus did for us, if we're not consulting him and allowing him to speak truth into our every circumstance, our circumstances feel very dire very quickly. Because I even think back now and I go, what was I so concerned about? Missing a little bit of sleep? I would have been okay. But in the moment, it's, it's, it's a catastrophe. Good Friday needs to permeate every single moment of our lives. Not simply the big celebration like a Valentine's Day where we say, yes, we agree with love. We're 100% in. Uh, and really looking forward to loving you again next year on February 14th or whenever we could get a babysitter. Right? Like it's, it's not about that. It's saying I'm celebrating the very thing that is constant in my life. It's like our birthday. We celebrate our birthday and and we work towards the next one every single moment after that. And Good Friday, we celebrate all that Jesus did. We look look to it. We we, want to own it to ourselves. But it needs to be played out every single minute, every single second. Because the current of the world is hard to swim against. It's hard to swim against. Talked about um, this idea that the cross should dwarf everything that we're going through. It doesn't mean that it should shoo it away, but it should dwarf the things that we're going through. Okay, if I were to say to you, you know, right here now, I'm going to take the music side, I'm going to throw it to the side, I'm going to bang out 100 push-ups, straight, done, right here. Okay, one, I can't do that, all right? 
or I, would, or I wouldn't get up or something bad would happen. But would you come to me after and say, okay, thanks for doing 100, but could you do 25? I don't think you could. I think that'd be too much for you. You know, if I could say, come to my house like in six months when you're allowed to, and, and I'm going to make you this beautiful pork rib dinner, and I, I will just come and talk to me about it, that's fine. Uh, you wouldn't say afterwards, that was good, Matt, but could you do some KD? I don't think so. Right? Like, we don't doubt the lesser thing. Because the greater proves on behalf of the lesser. If I give you $100, you're not going to say, but could you give me five? The greater has proved the ability. And so we look at the cross, we look at what Jesus did... We look at Romans 8 where it says, In every situation, remember the very best thing I could ever give you by the very best God. I did freely and he came freely on your behalf. To satisfy your debt to me. To satisfy his love for his heavenly father. How, how do we dwell on lesser things? Because it's those lesser things that always end up shipwrecking our faith. But we're dwelling on something that is less than what Jesus has done. And Jesus has this grand gesture. The cross is meant to silence, organize, and make sense of every dilemma in our lives. The reality of what Jesus did and the act of who he said we are... And the power that he showed in that should allow us to make sense, organize, and think clearly about every scenario. About ourselves, about our families, about our health, about our, our circumstances. It makes sense of it all and it puts it in its correct order. The cross is the beginning of every prayer of faith, every act of boldness, every beautiful surrender in our lives, every... Every area that we give of ourselves where it costs us. Because we've already received the greatest, greatest gift we ever could. Because Good Friday reminds us of the reality that our life is hidden in Christ and he freely gave himself for us. If that is true, then how does that affect every other little thing that we're going through? And these little things aren't easy. They're not um, fleeting necessarily. These things are difficult. But can we begin to change our thinking? Can we begin to fixate ourselves on the cross and the reality of all that Jesus has done? Rather than looking at the, the circumstances around us that causing us so much trouble. So we have a very simple application to living at the foot of the cross, to living with the reality of all that Jesus did, dying for our sins, giving of himself, leaving heaven on our behalf. It's very simple. And I've said this to people in different periods of time. And the reality is that when you're running a race and you're running much further you need to take in much more food, much more energy. We live in trying times right now. 
as I've said, we live in a world where the current is extra strong these days. Where news and media is constantly flooding us on fear, anxiety, worry, despair. Constantly. And the battle is to forever consistently stay right where Jesus is. Right in the reality of all that he did for us. And so it takes more calorie. It's more nourishment on a day-to-day basis. It's feeding more often. It's sitting more often with Jesus. That is a simple application. We have to match um, the desire of the world to bombard us with the desire and the ability to sit quietly at the feet of Jesus. The reality of what he's done. The, the treasure that he is in our lives. Because we're far hungrier than we've ever been. We're running more than we've ever been. In a 26-mile marathon, you get a rest stop or a, a, a spot to have a drink every mile or so. Except for the last mile, which is ridiculous. Because that's when you really want to drink. But uh, when you go to ultra marathons, you actually get food at rest stops. It's like gummy bears and stuff like that. It's really wonderful. But um, our life is causing us to need to eat and eat and eat so much more. Because the world is taxing at every side with fear and worry and anxiety. And so it's, it's so fitting that we have communion. Communion um, is the grace of God lived out in our day-to-day life. It is the reality of Good Friday. Remembered and accepted and received in ourselves again and again and again and again. And so, right here in our homes, I'll give you just a second. I I hope that you have the elements ready to go. We have a beautiful little table set up here. If you guys can see it. Watch me spill it. That's not bad. That's pretty good. So, we're going to take communion together. I hope that you guys are prepared. We live in a strong Manitoba wind of fear and anxiety right now. One of the first runs I ever did, it was against wind like the final five miles. It was, it was, it was brutal. And everything around us, people around us, media around us, it's, it's all taxing. And the reality of Jesus, the reality of all that he did for us, the reality of Romans 8 that how can we, in, in, the, in the light of what Jesus did Make so much of the things going on. Needs to be come back to again and again and again and again. Luke 12, 32 says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's a beautiful verse. and Jesus says in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Is that true? But take heart. I have overcome the world. This is Good Friday. This is our reality that we, that we cling to, that we celebrate to, that we take within ourselves. The cracker and the juice was never meant to get on our clothes. It was never meant to just be scratched all over us. To get in our hair like a little baby eats crackers. It was never meant for that. It was meant to be fully taken 
within ourselves. That the world cannot steal these things. When you at home take the elements representing the blood and body of Jesus, the world cannot steal them. Therefore, your energy and power and ability to overcome the world. But it's something that gets used up. It's something that needs to be taken in again. So it can be used again to overcome the world. The reality of who Jesus is never gets used up. But we need to keep coming back to it. It's life. First Corinthians eleven twenty six says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is what Good Friday is. This is what we've been talking about this morning. The, the death of Jesus is the translation into everything else in our lives. And it's a translation we need to live in constantly. So we're going to take this piece of Jesus into ourselves here. So at home you can grab the cracker. This is 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread... And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take this together, church. 11.25 says, In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. In remembrance of me.